there's always a better way. Yes. Well, everybody, hello, everybody. It's Ken Stearns. Uh, I am the host of the JAR Foundation podcast here that you have found. And we're here to talk about men anything and all things mental health. Uh, I run a, I have a regular show called The JAR, and The JAR uh, podcast itself is face-to-face. -face. I've got a JAR of 444 questions. I'm running around the country to 111 cities. I'm about halfway through right now in April of 2023. Uh, I'm headed to the West Coast through, you know, from Atlanta. I'm headed down or, you know, this bottom half of the U.S., on my way across to the West Coast. So if you're in the path, you know, find me, reach out. I'd love to, to meet you and have you on the show as a guest. Uh, I've got Gerard here. He's hanging out. We've had having a, a really great pre-chat um, and just fascinating story. Your personal journey, Gerard, is, is really cool. <laughs> Um, oh, and I especially you. like the part where you just randomly kind of came up, you know, thought you might just take the LSAT for the hell of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 And so, I mean, really interesting backstory. Um, and I want to get to, of course, I want to get to how, what you're doing now yeah, and how you are helping people in the mental health space. Uh, so people can understand and find out and reach out and, and connect with you if it makes sense. Yeah. So over to you, who are you as a person today and a human, how did you, and how did you get to where you're at? And then we'll, We'll get into what you're doing. <laughs> How did I get to where I'm at? Um, yeah, uh, you you had mentioned uh, some of the things yeah. I got on the wall behind me. Uh, I spent 20 years in the Air Force. Um, thank you for your service, by the thank way. Thank you for your support. I appreciate it. Uh, I, people always ask, you know, what what was the best part about being in the Air Force or in the military? And I always say joining and leaving. Yeah. Joining the military and then leaving when I knew it was time <laughs> to go. Um, That's powerful when you leave at the right time leave at the right time. And so, yeah. So at the time that I left, um, you know, I decided to, you know, I, let me go back a little bit. Sure. You know, it was, it was about, I was saying that um, my first 15 years, I was in, in law enforcement, in the military. Um, the Air Force doesn't have an infantry like the yeah. other branches do. Um, so you kind of do a little bit of both. So when you're at home in the States, sometimes it's a lot of law enforcement. When you're overseas, um, it's a lot of, you know, infantry deployment type stuff. Yeah. Supporting and security and stuff. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. And so, um, there was a time when I was in Alaska and I was doing some, um, investigative work. I was doing that for about four or five years or so. Um, and you know, I was seeing the same demographics of people. I was seeing, um, the same crimes that were coming through and, you know, I, it was frustrating because, you know, you, you want to be able to help people in a different way and, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm having these rights advisements and people are essentially going to jail or, or losing their careers for small things that could have been uh, looked at or helped early on um, yeah. in their life. And I said, well, how can I how can I help someone um, and not be a police officer that I do? And so that's when I decided to take the LSAT because I thought, oh, I can be a lawyer. Lawyers help people. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what lawyers do. Um, so when I was in Alaska. Um, I, I, I was getting orders to go to Virginia and I said, you know what, I'm going to take the LSAT and uh, I'm going to go to law school. That's what I'm going to do. So while I was in Alaska, I took the LSAT. Um, I got stationed in Virginia. I was in uh, uh, Newport News area. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go to law school. At the same time, I said, I also don't want to be a police officer anymore. I don't want to do yeah. the law enforcement infantry thing at the time. Um, and so I went into a logistics role. Um, but the Air Force had other options for me. And they said, you can't stay in Virginia and do logistics, do the logistics. 
So then I wound up in Oklahoma and I said, well, there goes my my law, my my law dreams of being a lawyer or, you know, helping people in that way. And so I decided that I was going to be a therapist. I said, how can I help people? I can be a counselor. If I'm seeing people before they're in trouble, if I can have a conversation with someone, this I I I felt in my bones that that was going to be it. And so that was a couple of years right before I retired. So I took that journey um, about 2016 um, to start my my graduate degree so I can get licensed at some point and then be um, an awesome therapist. And in 2018, I retired from the military. Um, and like most people who retire from the military, we don't stop. We didn't retire for real. Um, so I went right back into work, working <laughs> at the community mental health center. Uh, and I did that for about a year. Um, and it was along that journey that I realized that I wanted to be able to help people on a broader scale. Okay. The one-on-one -on -one having conversations was fine. I said, oh, this is great. Look, people are getting better individually. Uh, but then I yes. said, what can I do on a larger scale? How can I make this bigger? Uh, and so then I started my doctorate in public health. Um, so I did that for a few years um, before I, I graduated with that degree. Uh, and then, you know, just moving in spaces in and out, um, trying to figure out, you know, where I want to, you know, rest my feet. Um, and then what I didn't tell you, Ken, is um, I'm actually leaving Oklahoma at the end of this month. Um, we're going to go work for the, the Senate uh, and be a counselor there. So what? OK, hold on. So part that for a second. OK, I want to explore something you, you said earlier, like a part of the journey, because this is yes. something for me that's um, sometimes quite interesting. Hmm. I mean, you you thought you wanted to be a lawyer. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And you took the steps. And I'm curious if you look back now. Was it you like. Was it a was the universe pointing you in the right direction? Were you going the wrong like because you ended up like all of a sudden the the law you found out, oh, I can't do this here. And then you're in Oklahoma. Yes. <laughs> and then how did that idea come that you should go help people in a different way? Because sometimes like that story, when I hear you and I know what happens to me in my life, I'm like, that's the universe protecting you, <laughs> like or not protecting you, but pointing you where you can do the most good. Yeah, I think I, I I agree. I think that when I go back and I look and I say, um, you know, I didn't I didn't go through the whole process. I didn't complete law school. I didn't do I didn't yeah. become a lawyer. I don't feel bad about it. I don't go back and go, oh, my goodness, I should have been a lawyer. No, one, you're not. You're not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. No one. Lawyer. I said, you know, I could always go back to school if I wanted to. Right. That could be an option. Uh, but two, I feel like that I'm doing the best that I can in the field that I'm in now. Uh, and oh, I, for sure. I, I feel like that uh, I'm I'm moving in the direction that I was meant to move in. And maybe maybe the maybe the stars aligned in the ways um, that I wasn't looking at at the time. And I just took the opportunities that were given to me in front of me. Mm. And so yeah, I, I I never look back and say, oh, woe is me. I wish I did. Um, but I do go back and look and say, I'm glad that I was pushed in the way I was pushed, whether it was, um, you know, the universe pushing me that way or the stars were aligning or, or whatever it was. Uh, it just it allowed me to be the best I am now based on those decisions that I made. Yeah. So tell us, so how did the Senate, what, what's going on with that? I mean, it sounds like 
Is this a new job that they've made, or are you? This is, this is a well. This is not a new job that they made. They they actually have. Um, so the the sergeant at arms, the U.S. Senate sergeant at arms, has a whole department of people. They have tons and tons of people on their books because someone has to open the doors and somebody has. Yeah, to do yeah. Security. Somebody has got security, right? We yeah, saw. Yeah, they right? got, we found and out they got a lot of security. Yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot of security. Yes, but somebody also has to has to talk to people too, right? Yeah. Um, and so it was a position that um, that came upon me back in November. Um, I'm a certified employee assistant professional. So okay. for, for most companies, they have an EAP, uh, an employee assistance program. And it's usually okay. counselors who are yes. helping those folks. Um, so I do that in some of my contract work now. Um, I applied for the job, did a round of interviews, flew oh, out to DC, got to interview, got to see the capital a little bit. Um, and then they offered me the position, um, you know, one of six or seven other counselors who get to talk to all the United States senators and their staff and their family members. Um, and so it's a it's a it's a neat thing. I'm excited to be a part of it. Don't know what's going to happen. Don't yeah. know what it looks like. Have no insight uh, whatsoever, except for um, I'm hired. So I will take it <laughs> and I will run with it. And You're back on the government salary, my friend. <laughs> Back to the government, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can, so, yeah. Oh, you, that is an amazing. I mean, you must be so excited. I'm very excited. Yes, yes, yeah. Holy, I, it, and what about your uh, clients though? Now, what happens with your patients? Or, so or of, are you are you out of practice already? So yeah, I'm out of practice already. Yeah, you're already so, out, right? Yeah, already out of practice. There's there's uh, I do a lot of contract work now. Over the mm. last year or so, I've been PRNing. So like nurses use PRN as in they call you as they need you, right? Okay. Um, so I do a lot of that work in patient facilities. Um, so they say, hey, we're short of therapists. Can you come and cover? And I go, yeah, I got you. I'll come and hang out with your, with your folks a little bit. Um, so I do a lot of that work. I do a lot of contract work with um, uh, EAP, contract EAP okay. anyway. And so that usually just winds up being um, there was an accident or there was a death at a company or um, something tragic happened. And then someone like me comes out um, and I talk to those folks and, and you know, we normalize um, disruptive events is what we call it. So there's disruptive event management. So whenever something is happening in your company, uh, you need, you know, usually bosses call for, for counselors to come out. I come yeah. out, I do my little thing and I say, hey, um, you know, we want to normalize your feelings. We want to get you back to work. We want to make sure that things are okay from this point on. And then how can we give you some resources mm. to, to continue that help? It's great. We have this stuff now. I mean, yeah. as opposed to, you know, years ago, none of that. Yeah. EAP is free too. I tell people all the time, people don't realize that your companies, right. Yeah. Have an EAP program, three free counseling sessions, five counseling sessions, but they're free. You just pick up the phone, call your EAP and say, Hey, uh, I'm struggling with drugs or alcohol or stress or family mm. problems. And there are therapists on the line who will either talk to you in that moment or get you to some resources that your insurance covers um, so you can have, you know, some counseling. It's a great reminder. A lot of companies have EAP programs. And yes. you're right. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're ever not feeling it, it's okay to not feel okay. And it's okay to call somebody and, and, I mean, conversations could be so natural. I think sometimes the people maybe place too much importance, you know, or or like a. Oh. No, we lost. 
Lost my friend. We lost Gerard a little bit. He's back. Might have kicked him out. Who knows what happened? I kick you out? No. Yeah. Well, I'm back. <laughs> I, even if I did kick you out, I'm back. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think it is, it's powerful that you can, norm, you know, we should normalize this to make it, you know, it's quite okay uh, to pick up the phone and call somebody. It's not a scary conversation. You don't need to put right. makeup on, That's you know, cool. you don't need to get, you know, you get your best suit on. It, it's literally another human yep. who's trained to help talk to you in tough situations. And, and like you said, find a resource. Maybe it's not that person. Maybe it's another resource. So, and a good message for everybody to remember, you know, find the help when you need it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So interesting. So you're going to be on the real delivery side. What have you seen? I mean, as you're, I mean, maybe tell me a little bit more about when you were trying to help at a broader level, what were you doing? What, what was your role just finished? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was actually doing population health management um, for a community mental based um, hospital. And in that we were trying to, uh, get as many people services, wraparound services as possible. So that that includes um, not only mental health counseling, but physical health um, checkups. Um, so in this public health um, or this population health management um, sphere, we were always trying to get people uh, a PCP one and um, some kind of mental health services. So if you had one, we want to make sure you had the other because they go hand in hand. Um, you know, people... Sometimes, you know, I, I like to use the the analogy or the um, uh, the idea of, you know, if my stomach hurts, sometimes I'm cranky or I'm hangry. Hangry is a good one. If I'm <laughs> hungry is, actually and I'm hangry, right, I'll get hangry, right? And so we want to make sure that people got the, the, their physical needs taken care of uh, health-wise and, the, and their mental health needs. And so that was the population health management um, portion of it. And that piece of it, was I, I adored that piece of it because I felt like I was making a larger impact on the community. Right, right. Um, and so at the time we serviced uh, nine counties um, and wow. Wow. yeah, it, it was, it's a huge program. And so cool. we were, we were trying to get as many patients, those wraparound services as, as much as possible, um, including their family members too. So not just um, the person's mental health and their physical health, but um, kids too, right? Making sure they had services needed for them, whether that was in-home therapy, um, they were meeting with their school counselors and things like that. So, uh, just, so that gave me the idea to to move towards the population, um, ah, okay, the public health sphere, right? Yeah, yeah. I did see, um, you know, in my research for putting together the foundation um, and the mental or the nonprofit and then mental health focus. Uh, I did come across the initiative that Biden signed uh, mm -hmm. some time ago. And one of the interesting things, I mean, there are two things. One is bringing mental health to work. Uh -huh. Yep. So I think it's already there, but not, not at, in an education level. It's right. at when you have a problem, pick up the phone. Right. Not to your point about when the people you meet, kid, you know, young kids doing stupid shit, stealing something or, right. or you know, who knows what they're doing. I, I'm sure you saw every, you know, stupid, yeah. dumbass <laughs> yeah. crime. Yeah. Right. You know, like That's you said, right. it's a crime. It's just like a stupid thing somebody did. Correct. Um, to give them the tool set to kind of have at least some thought process to not get you screw yourself up. Um, so I like that pushing it to work for education. And also he's got a medical forcing the medical companies, the health companies to integrate the mental health. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, what you just said resonates so powerfully, right? If you've got a mental health problem, you probably, I mean, or, or if you have a physical problem, you for right. sure have right. got some mental health challenge. You're trying to, you know, what's going on and yeah, you need yeah. help. Just, you need I, help. I always use, use the, use the hangry term, yeah, right? It's great. It's, it's I'm, I'm hungry. I mean, I'm upset and I don't know why. Well, you, cause you haven't eaten anything, right? <laughs> and then you start to have physical symptoms of not taking care of your body. And it manifests itself outwardly, right? Yeah. And so now you're yelling at people and you're you're slamming things and <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, one thing I, I want to bring up is um, we, we talk about um, the administration and and instituting things. The nine eight eight crisis line. It's um, great has, stuff. I I work for them here in Oklahoma. I did a fifteen week contract with them. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, uh, interesting. You were on the other end of the line. I was on the other end of the line as a supervisor uh, for uh, our technicians. So the technicians would answer the calls. Okay. The supervisors, we would monitor the calls or um, we would call the police if we needed to or call emergency services, depending on what type of call it was. Um, I, honestly, uh, the folks who were on the line, the technicians taking the calls, they take the brunt of that. Jeez, work. man. As a supervisor, you know, we, we listen, we give advice, we give guidance, um, but those folks are the ones, you know, doing the, the, the brunt of the work. Amazing, amazing um, program. Uh, 988 is, is it's, it's a such a, such a great program, and I encourage everyone to call um, if they need it. Um, you know, if you, if you need somebody to talk to, if you're having a tough day, if you're not feeling well, call 988. We always encourage people to call their PCP or their current therapist or psychiatrist, psychologist, mm -hmm. or their community mental health center. Uh, but sometimes at one o'clock in the morning, you don't have access to I, this, that. This is, I, I think that's the idea is right. Your EAP, you know, one in the morning, I'm having a fight with my wife. My head's going nuts. Right. Call 988 and say, I, hey, you know, EAP is not going to pick up the phone. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you're not going to get anybody into. Uh, HR is not, HR is not going to answer my call. Right. Yeah. But so call 988. Call 988. It's a great number to call um, to get some information, to talk to somebody. Um, and the conversations are, are confidential. You don't have to give your name, although they always ask. Um, sure. And, and, you know, and the, three, the three questions they typically ask are your name, your phone number, just in case you get disconnected. Yep. And if you have any thoughts of suicide or hurting someone else, right? Because they want to be able to help you through that. And that's why, you know, most people call because they're having those those strenuous thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, the mind is the mind's got a monkey on them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the mind is some powerful shit, right? It's, it's... Yeah, it is. It is. I, I always give the analogy that, um, you know, your brain uh, doesn't know the difference between a tiger and a kitten. And I tell people, people always look <laughs> at me weird. I say some people own tigers and some people will never go near a stray tiger in the street. But it's the same with kittens. Some people will never go near a stray kitten in the street because, you know, I don't want to get bit or scratched or get rabies. Yeah. But some people own cats, right? Little kittens. Uh, and so it's the same way that your brain understands what's happy and unhappy, right? Is it going to be a tiger day or a kitten day, right? Some people own tigers. Some people own kittens. <laughs> have a happy day today or an unhappy day today, right? Tell your brain I, I gotta... what day it is. Oh, I love that. I love that. I got a raging tiger in my head, or is it a <laughs> is it just a kitty laying there purring away? And, and you know what? Someone doesn't want to touch either one. So 
<laughs> Someone's going to be like, you know what? I don't do cats. Uh, but if I saw a tiger in the zoo, I would gladly pet one. <laughs> it's actually real. You're, 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 and and oddly enough, I'm not really a cat guy myself. Decide totally unrelated. I mean, related but totally unrelated. Right, right, right. I'm not a cat guy. I'm a dog guy. Yeah. But uh, and I'm visiting this house for the last month, and yeah. one of the neighbor's cats has taken affection to me. Oh, see, see, you may not be a cat guy. I, I'm not a, but he's a Ken guy. He's a Ken guy, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. And we've become, we've become like best friends. He's around yeah. here somewhere. Yeah, he's like yeah. my buddy. Every morning I come, every morning I come down. I, now I feed him, so of course he oh, loves well, there me. Is that. <laughs> there's, there's got to be a relationship somehow. Yeah, you know. But I, but he came. You know, he wandered in the house one day, had the door yeah. open. I'm like, hello, kitty. And then I, I found I, out I, neighbor's cat. I love that because. The way you said you feed the cat and the cat became a, a Ken guy. It's the same thing with your brain. You got to feed your brain. Oh, it's a great thing. So you're so you can become oh Gerard, a cat so guy or a Ken guy. It's I one of those things. <laughs> Actually, that's such a great analogy. Feed feed your brain. And so sometimes we eat things that we don't like when we're kids. And then as adults, we say, you know what? It's not too bad. It was pretty good, actually. So we, yeah, so we have to go back into our brains and say, you know what? These coping skills didn't work for me in the past, but if I try them enough, mm. they may work for me better today. It's great. It's a great analogy. You got to feed that brain. And I think, you know, I was talking a little bit about, you know, social media before about, you know, the the that is not feeding your brain good stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's it. that's pretty much eating. That's like drinking six cans of, you know, Coca-Cola and <laughs> eating candy bars. All day, take a break, <laughs> and and expect that you're going to feel good after. Like, imagine giving your children two cokes and two Snickers bars. Right, right. <laughs> that's pretty much flipping. Yeah, yeah. You're that's what you Yeah, you're yeah you're doom doom scrolling on on Instagram for two hours is that's not funny. is not. A, it's like that's going to make you a diabetic in your brain. You got you got it. You got to take a break. I'm glad you brought that up because I always tell my clients, um, you know, usually if you're inpatient, you don't have a phone. Right. If you're inpatient, you don't have a phone and two weeks, you're not going to have any contact with with using your phone. Right. And so I said, this is an opportunity to use your brain for something else. Yeah. And detox out of that. And detox. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I tell people, wake up in the morning. Don't touch your phone. Give yourself 10 minutes, hmm. but don't touch your phone. Stare at the ceiling, stretch, lay down, but don't pick up your phone for 10 minutes. Discipline yourself. Give yourself 10 minutes hmm. of you time. And then go to your phone and look at your missing yeah. messages and all that nonsense that you got going on. Yeah. But give yourself 10 minutes. Give yourself at least once a day when you wake up. Don't touch your phone. Let it be. Yeah. Let it be. It's great advice. Great advice. Especially that's something very practical. You can you can't say I can't do 10 minutes right. off the phone. I can do that. Right. Right. I, I like because sometimes we come up with really unpractical advice. <laughs> and that one's like, I'm not asking a lot. Just 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's your 10 minutes. You you know, you're giving yourself 10 minutes to say, you know what, if I was still asleep for this 10 minutes, I still wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have, I would have missed it anyway. Hmm. So, you yeah, know, just some breathing, minutes. some deep breathing, breathing you stretching, know, pray, meditate, pray, whatever works. Think of think of something happy. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever works. Um, that's a great, I, I love that kind of the feed the brain though, and making sure we put the right stuff inside inside your mind. You know, I've shared with a few people before, I, I was very lucky I had a sales career uh, and so much training 
and not how to sell. Mm. A lot of it was how to manage your, in the end, it was your own self-talk. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was the stuff you put in your brain uh, and salespeople. And definitely there's so much, uh, I think a lot of this, there's a, a place where the salespeople got so like you, they bled mm-hmm. and bled and bled and they understand the power of the mind and positive. They bled into far, almost into pre-psychology stuff. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, that's where NLP came. A lot of NLP came from, you know, really was used by salespeople a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Uh, taken over by salespeople <laughs> in, in a way, right? You know, yeah. it's almost it dominated um, for a long time. And a lot of the stuff around positive thinking and, and envisioning and stuff is, is all inside sales trainings around the world. Mm. And so I've been fortunate to have good, you know, good training on how to have conversations with myself. Yeah. yeah. And knowing what bad conversations are. Right. You know, knowing the difference. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And just fortunate. And I think we can do a lot around training um, and around, you know, not just, you know, when people need the help, but, mm-hmm. you know, how to if somebody on a lot of those nine, eight, eight calls, mm-hmm. if they had the tools and the mm-hmm. training, the education, I think they could manage a lot, a lot of that themselves. Now, of course, there's 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 traumas and things that happen to us, which facilitate yeah where you need a, a professional. Um, but I think there's a lot of times when we can really do some good work um, with ourselves uh, and, and not allow us to go down those dirty roads. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Exciting journey, man. I'm like, I'm jazzed to, to hear that, have this conversation and know, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're on, you're about to embark on a really cool part of your journey. I think so. This is, yeah. So. Yeah. Like, I, you know, my, I feel like my, my entire journey has been cool when I look back at it. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it takes a while. Uh, you know, you just go with the you go with the flow, you move with the motions and you go, you know what? It's just work. You know, it is. It is what it is. I, I yeah. Just, I mean, just like in sales, you yeah, I, I sold a million of these things. Right. And it's just, people are like, oh, my God, that's amazing, Ken. And you go, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's you know, it's what we do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, another guy sold two million so you know <laughs> so yeah so you know we we often downplay our own achievements and so um as human beings we always start to look for the negative because our brain needs to protect us somehow yes, right? yeah trying to protect our body from from trauma and, and disappointment and so we have to tell ourselves good things some positive things and yes and say i'm doing great and today's a good day and um you know i'm an, i'm an amazing person today and and that's what matters no matter what happens today that's what matters. And I tell my patients all the time, three things you can control, your thoughts, feelings, and actions. That's it. I can't control anyone else. I can't control anything else. But I can't control what I say when I think and what I do. And sometimes, you know, a lot of my patients go, well, how can you control what you do or what you say? And I say, you know, when that first thought pops in your head, you may not have control over it. Once it's in your head, you work through it, right? <laughs> Cover your mouth, right? You you figure out what do I do next, right? Uh, sometimes it's, it means stopping, taking a step back and thinking, where am I in this situation, right? That first thought might be hard to stop. It might yes. pop in your head and you go, oh my goodness. Well, what do you do next, right? So thoughts, feelings, I, and actions. That's the only thing we got. Thoughts, feelings, and actions. That's a great, a great reminder for all of us. Yes. Um, that those are really, like you said, and he cannot control what other people say. I wish I could. Or say, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, actually, oh, no, you. you actually, I don't, I don't want to control. I want to see, I want, 
I actually, I'm really against censorship generally because I want to know what people are thinking. Honestly, yes. Uh, you yeah. know, I want to know the depths of humanity, the good right. and the bad. Yeah, right. Yeah. How twisted yeah. people are, yeah. what conspiracy theories they believe, what they think about this or that. Let them, let it run. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, know, that's what your social media is for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, then we found out that they censor people, right? They, they, right. they don't allow people to run with the crazy shit. That's, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You got you to take it in, in, into bites. You can't take big, you got to take it into little small bites. Yeah, you, well, yeah, you, if you're watching the crazy shit. Um, <laughs> but it's good to know what people are. And I think, too, as a therapist, you'd want to see what's the, it's the pulse of, of society. And yeah. you're always going to, I mean, it's a bell curve, right? You're always going to have the fringe. Mm -hmm. And yeah. You want to know, you want to keep your pulse, your finger yeah. on that pulse, right? right. And if yeah. it if it starts, and if you're suppressing it and suppressing it, whether you're whether it's left or right or green or blue, and you're and mm -hmm. you're suppressing the whatever the the message that they have, right? Um, it'll go underground. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. or it'll spin into a different. It'll become something else. Become something else, yeah. And I'd rather have my fingers on that pulse. And if it starts to like, you know, if the if the bell curve starts misshaping, then that tells you something. But yeah. if you can't see it, you're not monitoring it, and you're not allowing that conversation to happen above above surface, right? And and allow people to work it out. And if we yeah. need to help people get through the conversation. I think the biggest thing that you that you brought up there in that whole entire piece that I hear is communication. What are, what are you what are you communicating? Yeah, right? what yeah. And it, and is it is it make sense? Does it make sense? And yeah. you know, a lot of things make sense to me, might not make sense to you. Yeah. Are I, we I, having I, that conversation? Are we talking about what that looks like? Right. So just communicating. That's all this yeah. is. Having a communication. In my my book, I the one of the, the favorite chapters is acceptance. Mm. And um, and I go through a long kind of a, you know, there's four, I got four letters, uh, about it and, and really it comes down, you know, like if I was to boil it down, it's like, I can accept who you are. I can accept how you got to where you are, how you, mm -hmm. what you believe, what right. you do. I can, I can accept you for, who, for you as right. a human a person. I may not agree with you. Right. I may have different principles. I may have different values. I, I of course, I'm going to have different principles and values. Probably right. very few people are hundred percent aligned. Right. Um, but I, I know you, I recognize you. I can, I see you as a person. I, I appreciate you, but you know, I don't agree with what you do, but, but I'm right. not going to slander you or call you a stupid or, you know, exactly. call you a Nazi or call you whatever. I'm not going right. to you know, throw words at you. I'm just going to see you for who you are right. in right. my view. Yeah, yeah. that's a great thing about therapy is that we don't judge, um, we don't give advice, but we do pose questions. Ooh, and so that's worse. We, that's even worse. Yeah, well, we want you to think about the things you're doing. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you make me think. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's you know, do you do you is that a good idea? What do you think? What does that look like? You know, you you're doing these things, and I'm not going to tell you not to do them. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. But I'm going to pose some questions to make you think whether or not it's the best thing for you at the moment. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's the, the best thing about being a therapist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, and you can see, I think it's got to be really satisfying when you can bring somebody to the, to the pond, mm. you know, and they look around and they start, you know, and they drink in it and they look at you and go, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, that that is a that is a, a a good feeling as well. Another good feeling though is even those folks who resist it, 
because it, it gives them the opportunity to think about what they're resisting. I get a lot of folks who mm. say, you know, I, I don't I don't really believe that these coping skills work for me. And I say, well, have you tried them? No, I don't I don't I don't think they're going to work. <laughs> Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that looks like if you did try them, right? Okay. Oh, great. Let's um, say you're not trying it. We're not trying it now, but let's say you did. Let's say you did, right? Let's what, okay. what would that look like if you did right. try it, right? Yeah. You know, let's let's talk through that. And so those folks um, seem like a challenge, but I always always see those folks as individuals who are forward thinking. They are thinking outside the box for themselves, and I like those folks because that gives them the ability to say later on, uh, which usually happens, they go, you know what, I did try once and I didn't like it. And I go, that's great. Because you thought about trying it. You said you weren't going to try yes. it. You did try you it. Did try it. Once, and you said you didn't like it. That's that's all I ask. That is a power. That's got to be a good, powerful moment, right? Which is you get to a, a, a real, and they want to help themselves at that and point. And they want to help themselves. Right. Yeah. That's now you've got somebody who's like, okay, that one didn't work, Gerard, but, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm here. I'm here. That's I'm it. Here. I'm here. I, I, here. I'll, I'll see. I'll see what happens. That's what they say. I see. I'll see what happens. <laughs> I say, okay. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're we've yeah we're there. We're, we we nope. hit the time. Bam. It's thirty minutes, man. So fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> great talking to you. Great to meet you. Absolutely. You are you are on an amazing journey. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm 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 just. I'm kind of stuck with this idea of what you look like when you're, when you're 60 and what you're doing, <laughs> what your story is. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, 60, huh? Isn't there an asteroid coming here to earth <laughs> in a couple of decades? Well, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. Like I love, I just kind of imagine what you look like on, you know, Capitol Hill walking around as the head of, you know, I don't know, the head of something over there. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll be the boss somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, and helping people. Yeah, I, I, I just I just enjoy um, the little bit of help I can give. And um, if this, you know, like we talked about earlier, if this helps one person uh, yeah. to get through, then I, I feel great. So, yeah, it was it was great meeting you and talking to you. This was a great conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Really fun. I want to I want to stay in touch. Um, any I'm advice? Good. Any advice for me? Uh, any advice on, for you? Yeah, I would say continue being your true self. Um, Ken, you are, you seem like a guy who has, who holds no punches, who speaks your mind. Um, we don't always have enough of that. Sometimes we have too much of it. Uh, so I always say, you know, when you have a, when you know your audience, right. Then. Okay. Yeah. So and speak your mind, <laughs> speak, speak your mind. I think, you know, your audience very well. Um, I'm excited for you. Um, I've been watching. Uh, some of your previous guests and 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 on your web your website, uh, you are doing some some amazing work. Continue communicating. Commuti communication is the key. I love Commu continue talking to people and having these yeah. conversations. Um, and I think the realest thing that you're doing is just having normal conversations. Yeah. Just, I just just that. That's it. So I think it's great. So keep up the, that good work. That's awesome. Thanks, man. And, and and thanks for being part of it. it. It's great to have you on and, and you're part of permanent record now. So we're in the, you know, you'll, uh, I'll be able to look back and say, yeah, I interviewed John when he was just, just <laughs> heading out. That's right. Uh, <laughs> one one day if I become president or senator or something or other like that, you can say, hey, I got this video of him. 
when he's yeah, yeah, somewhere in there is me and him shooting the shit, having fun, and you know, talking about saving the planet. That's there you go, absolutely. One yeah. person at a time, and and I think you know, just uh, joking aside, I think your comments, I love that about the idea that three things you can control: mm-hmm. your Thought, thoughts, your actions, yeah, thoughts, and your actions, feelings. That's it. Thoughts, actions, feelings. Uh, the nine eight eight number, you know, nine, great, eight. great place to go. You know, I think just touching on my friend Steve that we talked about. Um, you are good enough. You know, if you're listening to this, you are good enough. And this too shall pass. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in a shitty spot, if you're in a super dark spot, reach out your hand. There's somebody next to you. Trust me, there's a lot of people in the dark place. Put your hand out. And that's probably 988. 988. Yeah, I see always reaching your hand out. Just, just ask. Just if you feel like you have no one to talk to or you want to talk to somebody confidentially, Call 988. Just pick up the phone, dial 988, and you're going to get someone you can talk to. And you don't have to give too much information. Yeah, I love that. Just have a conversation. Just say, I'm not, I'm feeling, I'm feeling shitty today. I really want to talk to somebody. Have Dr. J? Yes. Dr. J, maybe get my J. <laughs> my J <down. laughs> Dr. J, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, uh, what you're doing. Thanks again for your service, 20 years. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you for your support. Uh, yeah, and thanks for everybody listening, supporting the jar, everything we're we're doing about getting the, the word out about mental health, uh, and also just you know real people, real conversations across the country. Hundred percent. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks so much. Let me see how I can. Let me see how I can. Uh, if I can get good at ending this broadcast, some in some 